You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to get there. Well, it is that time of the week again where we are back for a brand new Basement Talk podcast. I am your host, Ed Bird. So the last Basement Talk podcast of 2020. And I am, of course, joined by my co-host, Jake Simone. Jake, happy Wednesday night, number one, number two. Happy end of 2020. I think we are both very excited to get that this horrible year out of the way. But how are you for the, for the last time that I'll see you in, in 2020? How are you? Yeah, you know, still breathing. Can't complain. That's always a that's always a start. That's always a start. Still still breathing, especially this year, is a very, very, very good thing. So what do we have on the docket for tonight? So tonight, today, this morning, whenever you're listening, doesn't matter. Good talk some college football playoff, of course. The Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl being played this weekend. The NBA season has finally started, and we are going to be going through some early season surprises, some early season disappointments to start. But of course, as we normally do on these podcasts to start right away, we got some deep sleepers. So, Jake, for the last time in 2020, what's your deep sleeper there, pal? The deep sleeper, we might have alluded to it on last podcast, but I'm going to go with the uh, gift receipts because I got a couple of gifts uh, around the holiday time that didn't quite fit, either too big, too small. but Or just didn't like them. Eh, you know, I don't uh, – or that, yes. Or that. Of course. I mean, that's everybody. Yeah. So – what did I do? Got the gift receipt, exchanged it, and that was that. That's a beautiful time. Just a very, very smooth transaction with myself and these big corporations. <laughs> and I went on my merry way and had a very merry Christmas. So all is well. Now, now here's the real, here's the real question. And I think this is where this is just slowly transitioning. Did you get anything good from Santa? Yes. Yes, very. Oh, I hope I hope you did as well. Let's share. Well, I was uh, very lucky to get the PlayStation Five. That was that was really it. Um, but that's, hey, that's it. That's it. That's all. Didn't expect it. Definitely a surprise. And that's um, a very nice surprise. Having a good time gaming and uh, one of the select few with uh, the PlayStation Five. Yeah. What is the, what's the game you've been rocking with so far on the PS Five? Uh, Madden, man, it's still football season for me. I'm still hanging on. I still play Madden, and uh, you know, I'm sure I'll go back to UFC pretty soon. Um, now that the UFC calendar is uh, to a close, and once football season's over, and we get into January, we get uh, the big international fight week, the end of January, which I'm sure we'll we'll talk about on the podcast. I hope. Oh, we will. Um, I'll probably get back into that, and. Uh, yeah, it's just really Madden for me, man. And then once baseball season comes around, it's strictly MLB the show. So I guess I'm a seasonal type of uh, gamer. Well, guess what? I'll be listeners. I'll be able to join you on the show this year because the show is finally going Xbox. Yeah, I just can't imagine playing the show on Xbox though. Yeah, that's my no, only. I, I know, but my only thing. Listen, I've been void of my MLB video game for the last seven odd years or so. Yeah, I don't know how you did it. That's why I uh, made the switch. Uh, if well. It was Madden, it was FIFA, 
and it was GTA that kind of kept me afloat in yeah. that regard. Yeah, the FIFA, you know me with soccer, not not too into. It's a great but, game. It's a great game. If you're, even if you're not into it, just to just to yeah, see all no. the all the all the salty twelve year olds that you just kick favorable, their ass. I will say though, it is favorable gambling odds, to say the least. Nice spreads. Well, well, I have. I, I'll save. I'll save my uh, my betting horror show for the end. But let's just let's just say I've lost twelve bets in a row. Well, I guess uh, I know who I'm fading this week. Yeah, you're fading everything that I tell you to do, but Good. I'll do it anyway. But or 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 you do the complete opposite of what I tell you to do, and that'll be assurance that you win. Yeah, no, no that that's what fading means. I I do the opposite. So like, let's yeah. say you pick one thing, I do the opposite. I'm fading your prediction. Mm-hmm. So you should. That's uh, yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll do that, and I'll let you know how it goes. I listen. I think you should, and we'll see how it ends up. I think the one, the one little wager that I had in tonight was Butler plus ten. Who then then they got smoked, and because of that, I decided to hold off with Oklahoma minus five and a half against Florida. And of course, that one looks pretty good. Yeah, big winner. Of course, of course. Go figure. The one that I don't, the one that I don't play, because I say, you know what, I'm shitting the bed. I'm cold. Uh, Let's give it a break. The one that if I did go heavy on it. I would have won. So, of course, go, go figure. Yeah. That's just the way betting is. <laughs> oh, deep sleeper of the week. Well, there's there's there is a, a lot that I think I could talk about because of the timeliness of when we are recording the show and and when it'll be out. It'll probably be out Thursday. So, it'll be early enough before the uh, the new year you can ring ring in the new year with the Basement Talk podcast. My deep sleeper are new year's resolutions. Sleeper, huh? Wow. Sleeper. Big sleeper. Because they aren't talked about enough for what they really are. And that is fake promises that people make to themselves and then completely ditch. If you make if you make it a month, congratulations with your New Year's resolution. Congratulations. I don't think I ever made a New Year's resolution for myself. I don't know if that makes me uh, a weird person, but I don't know. It's no. just not. I never felt the need to make a resolute resolution in my life, if that makes sense. Like I don't need a, a date on a calendar to change a habit of mine. Well, I would say for the majority of people out there where if they have a nasty habit that they are trying to break such as you know if you if you smoke and you want to quit smoking you know that is an obtainable new year's resolution that is one that i think is doable there, there's a difference here between the doable resolutions that you want to make which i am totally for and then the ones that are so totally outlandish that i know for a fact you will not keep up with for example Saying to yourself, and this is a very popular one because everyone makes this every single year. I hear this, and this is when the gyms make all of their money between the months between January 1st and February 1st, or February 15th, or you know, February 28th, whatever. The one where people say that they're going to be in the gym X amount of times a week, 
that's that's the one where I say, mm, no, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah. Maybe not if a- you maybe if you want to say once a week, then I would say, okay, doable, doable. But the ones that are like, oh, I'm going to be in the gym five times a week. No, give me a break. Yeah, they'll do that for like a solid two weeks and then that's it. Exactly. <laughs> and, and and even even the ones that will say, oh, I want to be in the gym every day or something like that. Well, guess what? COVID is going to come to an end eventually. And I doubt that the one place where you're going to want to be with your spare time when COVID finally comes to an end is in the gym. Yeah, yeah it would be nice lifting without a mask on, it, I will say. Yeah, hell yeah, it would be really nice to lift without a mask on. Oh, my God. I mean, but yeah, New Year's resolutions, we need we, we need to can those. We need to get rid of these fake promises that people make to themselves. Because for me, I would not make a promise to myself that I know I would not keep. So I think a New Year's resolution that I would make is that next year I will be back on the Basement Talk podcast. That is a New Year's resolution I can make because I know that I will achieve that goal. Yeah, that's uh, more of a, um, I don't know how to say it. As, that's just a slam dunk. That's how you got to well, look right. at it. You're, yeah, I guess that's, that is the whole point of your um, argument there. My whole thing is, I feel like if you have to announce what your resolution is, are you doing the resolution for yourself or to prove a point to others? Like, keep it to yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't really give us a shit what your aspirations are to improve on i think it depends i think if you just bring it up you know in a conversation out of nowhere that's one thing where i would agree with you but if you're asked about it point blank which most people are because everyone is just very curious as to how people want to improve themselves for the following 365 days then of course then you're then you're able to give some sort of free-flowing educated why do you have to why do you have to be the schmuck always asking people though how are you what's your why do you care what somebody else's new year's resolution is people piss me off man i'm sorry no (laughs) it's it's kind it's kind of like courtesy it's kind of like you know how are you on december 31st how are you oh what's your new year's resolution like you know i would just keep it modest to be like uh you know something small be like i don't really have one even though if i did have one I'm going to get a job this year. I'm going to get a job this year. I'm going to spend 20 hours a day playing Xbox. I'm going to check on the government are ending time to get a job. True. (laughs) True. Or you could say, I'm going to drink a bottle of tequila a day. Something like that. Make it up. Have fun. Have fun with it. You know, you don't need to go out and and say what your resolutions are. No one's going to fact check you on it. Or or you could, or you could just say you're going to drink a bottle of tequila a day. Keep up with your promise. And have a great old time doing it. Yeah, just uh, enjoy destroying your entire liver. That's a great idea. Some people, some people can handle it more than others. Of course, if you're over the age of twenty-one, and you're able to do so responsibly and make well, sure you're not driving. Maybe next week's deep sleeper is underage drinking. Oh, uh, yikes! Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of that tomorrow night. Well, if the, I, dude, I know a lot of people that aren't doing anything. A lot. I know a lot of people that are. That's, that's just crazy. <laughs> Not going out to any bars in New York State because those no. will be closing at 10 o'clock or else you're getting a knock on the door from our federal government. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, I know. I I mean, myself included, I'm not do, I'm not doing anything. Uh, it's you know. it's just because I hate New Year's in general. I mean, even if it wasn't COVID year, I wouldn't be doing anything anyway. Yeah, I don't hate New Year's. It's just another day of the year for me. But I don't have like a a hatred for it. Here, rank them. Rank them in terms of the the uh, the stupid the stupid holidays in order. Well, uh, sh- shoot me. St. Patrick's Day, Halloween, New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is uh, pretty stupid. If you, I mean, I'm sorry. I don't want to insult any of the, the ladies out there, but you really need a day to uh, – I don't, I don't you're, understand You're it. preaching the choir. I mean, I'm gonna you go, are fucking preaching the choir. I'm going to go uh, Valentine's Day. Then I'm going to go – I'm sorry. Halloween's pretty pointless. I, I'm not a kid anymore. So um, I'm going to go Halloween. I'm going to go New Year's because it is like nice to kind of wipe the sleep clean, so to say, especially for the people that endured a lot of hardships throughout the year. Sure. It's so a proverbial maybe, wipe the slate. Clean. Exactly. That's fair. That's fair. I'm going to go with St. Patrick's Day. I, I love St. Patrick's Day. I love going to the parades. Uh, I like uh, I got a little bit of Irish in my blood. Okay, so yeah, grandmother's side. See, that's the thing. That's the I, thing. I, I like St. Patrick's Day. I'm not gonna lie. It's uh, it's an underrated holiday for me. I'm not Irish, so to me, it's just an, it's just another freaking day. For all I care, I just I just don't like the people that pretend to be Irish. Like if you're 100 percent Irish, and you know that, that that's your Saint, that's your freaking July Fourth. Go nuts. Yeah. I'm actually uh, pretty half Irish. I don't know if really? you know that about me. Yeah, I did not know that. Yep, great grandparents are uh, from Ireland. Off the boat from Ireland. Yeah. Very interesting. That's a, that's a popular mix. The yep. Ita- the Italian and the Irish. It's just uh, my mom got a little bit more of the Irishy looking. Uh, ha- I'm looking for the right words here. Attributes. Where yeah, was, my dad is my, you know, more Irish. My, my father's side of the family is from Sicily. So the place to be. I got more of that than irish yeah. my yes. grandmother would kill me if she heard me say any of this but yeah well hopefully that's, that's well, hopefully she is. doesn't listen to the podcast then <laughs> otherwise no not a smartphone user so i think we're in good hands there i think you're good i yep. think you're good then uh, for me this is a very this is a very tough question because i hate that i hate all the holidays equally um for me, it's very close. It's like one A, one B between Valentine's Day and Halloween. I'll put I'll put Valentine's Day up there just because I think it's just absolutely stupid to say, like you said, Jake, to you know pick one day out of the three sixty five that you choose to profess your love to somebody that you're supposed to love in the first place. Uh, Halloween is stupid over the age of ten. Under yep. the age of ten, I'm all for it. Go nuts. Have the kids dress up, go door to door, trick or treat, get the freaking candy, go nuts. That, that I'm cool with that. I'm totally cool with that. But over ten, no, no. I can tell you right now, my my uh, my future daughters that are, will list be listening to this podcast, um, you are not going to be dressing up in anything that shows any sort of skin for Halloween. So get that out of your thick skulls. Good luck with that, man. Oh, believe me, they won't be allowed to leave the house. If they are allowed to leave the house, guess what? I'm going with them. So their, oh. cho- their choice. Um, they might resent you for an entire eternity, but you're just willing to sacrifice that for your hatred of Halloween. I'll pay for their college. It's all right. 
who knows what college who knows what the price of college will be in 25 30 years yeah, so it might, might be free at this rate you know <laughs> true at this at this rate it could be so then so then maybe let them do the thing um then third would probably be new year's eve and then fourth would be st patrick's day as well because i understand that for the irish folk that listens to this podcast st patrick's day is is like a mixture of christmas and the fourth of july and and everything like that you know it's actually it would be kind of cool to be irish just have two independence days you celebrate that you're irish and then you celebrate that you're american that'd be actually kind of cool yeah so would be very cool all right so we move on to the nba and we talk about the season that it has been so far we are going to start with the surprises and i think what i was going for here is more like the pleasant surprises not so much the disappointing ones if yeah. that if that makes any sense so i think more positive to start and then we get into absolutely roasting people um and how terrible that they've uh, they've been and there are a couple that uh, that definitely do deserve mentioning so uh jake go ahead yeah, it's a, it is a small sample size so you don't we don't want yes. to overreact here. Very small, um, and I'm sure we'll be doing this again in a month. Yeah, uh, I think a pleasant surprise. <laughs> You're going to laugh when I tell you this. We're going to start off with a Kentucky Wildcat that plays for the New York Knicks, and that is Julius Randle. Fuck you. Fuck you. I was <laughs> it, about to say that. You son of a bitch. Yeah. He <gasps> looks like – he actually looks like the guy that the Knicks signed last year. And it's funny enough that he's playing like this now because he's – the Knicks can get out of his contract at the end of the season. So maybe it's behooving him to start flipping the script a little bit for his time in New York and the Knicks granted, I'm going to get a, a big thing with me this year at the NBA. You're seeing teams that know these regular season games mean very, very little. Like you're seeing the Miami heat, the, uh, the, it was the Sixers, the Bucks, the Clippers. Nets, the Clippers, not really showing any effort. It is what it is. It's still, I guess they're still getting paid and we, we have to analyze what we see. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't take anything away from the teams that are trying hard. Granted, they're probably not championship caliber teams or going to be contending for an NBA title, but it's good for the league, I guess. Yeah. So uh, the Knicks are off to a 500 start. Tom Thibodeau looks like uh the team is NBA caliber and they're not their professional product for the first time in a, in a good while. I think you would agree. So we'll see. I fear for Knicks and their fans that they're going to turn into the New York giants of football where they're not good enough to win the NBA champion. They're not a title contender, but they're not bad enough to get those lottery picks to really turn it around. But we saw with the other team in New York, you really don't need those high draft picks to turn into a title contender, if that makes sense. So we'll have to see. But Julius Randle is uh, certainly a surprise for a guy that we had little to no expectations for this season. Uh, maybe a sleeper to make the all-star team there, I say. Who knows? But maybe okay. in a month we we're laughing at this, and he goes back to the old Julius Randle, the clock strikes 12. But for now, a pleasant surprise. Yeah, for, for now, definitely a pleasant surprise. And, and you know, I got to say, credit to Tom Thibodeau. I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan of the hire, but it's early. 
it is early. It's a very small sample size. But like you said, Jake, I mean, the Knicks look like an actual NBA team for a change. And they look good. And yes, it's and- it's 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 refreshing. Like I, I'm able to watch the Knicks and I, I so far, so far, I see something and I don't think it matters. You know, I, the Knicks are not going to the playoffs or anything like that. Let's yeah. not get crazy. But where we're at is you just want to see a product on the court that other players start to see. And you say to yourself, well, maybe Thibodeau and Leon Rose, maybe they're building something. I think that's going to come more when we get to see more of Obi Toppin and quickly, who both are out with injuries right now, of course. So if you start to see some growth from the Knicks on the court with the young players that they have, because we're we're obviously going to assume that players like Julius Randle, players like Nerlens Noel, players like Alfred Payton, and even to an extent, guys like Frank Nilakina as well, that they are not a part of the long-term plan for the Knicks, that you want to see guys like Kevin Knox, do I dare even say it, Obi Another Toppin. Kentucky Wildcat. Yeah, exactly. Terrible Kentucky Wildcat. Knox, Toppin, quickly. R.J. Barrett. These kind of guys, you know, start to really cement their roles in this team and start having an influence on what this team uh, does. But for now, Julius Randle will keep this team competitive as much as he possibly can. And when you get to the deadline, maybe Julius Randle outplays himself so much that the Knicks are able to trade him, get some assets for him. Same thing goes with guys like Nerlens Noel. If Alec Burks continues to play well, I'm not saying that you get first round picks for them, but something that can help you develop and grow something down the line for the Knicks. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm entertained. Say I'm entertained team, for a change. Yeah, I got you. Let me, let me run a couple scenarios for you as an Knicks fan. Say a team sure. that has, a little bit of a that has a position that's a little overcrowded young talent. Let's say the Minnesota Timberwolves. Sure. They call you up and say, Hey, do you want Jared, Col- uh, Jared Colvert for a Julia, a Julius Randall or hmm. uh, to a lesser extent? Uh, not really. Alfred. I it really, I guess for Julius Randall is the most appealing for the next assets. Would you rather have a guy like that or uh, a first round pick that, is probably going to be in the twenties. I would take the first round pick. Yep. I would take the first round pick. I understand uh, that the draft is more of a lottery than anything else. Literally and figuratively, of course, but you know, while understanding that the, that the draft pick is going to be in the late teens, early twenties, I still would want the first round pick just to have a guy that can come in and, you know, potentially have a chance. To another name for the next. Yeah. Another name. What about Mo Bamba? From the Orlando Magic. No, no, I've I've never been a fan. No, me personally, like I've, guys I've like been. that, like the Nets did it with D'Angelo Russell, where yeah. they took sure. they traded Brooke Lopez, very similar to Julius Randle at the time, mm-hmm. for D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Well, like that type of trade, or what do you? Well, no, just, ideally, want to start I, over with all the picks. Ideally, what I what I would say is probably the best thing imaginable is not taking on a player, getting the pick, and stockpiling draft picks start doing kind of what Oklahoma city are doing to a much lesser extent, 
And then if you have an opportunity to spend those first round picks to go get yourself a player that can help your team, whomever that guy is going to be, I'm not even saying, you know, use that to potentially be a trade chip for James Harden. I'm not saying that, but you don't know what's going to happen in the next two, three years. Maybe you have a situation where Carl Anthony Towns will want out of Minnesota or maybe Devin Booker will want out of Phoenix, something like that. I'm just speculating. I don't know anything, but maybe you stockpile those picks and maybe you can get away with sending two or three first round picks to the Suns for Devin Booker. And all of a sudden you have Devin Booker playing in Madison Square Garden on a nightly basis. And there'll be players out there that'll say, huh, okay. Booker's balling out on MSG. There's a marquee name there. Maybe I want to go and join the Knicks. Maybe I want to do that. That's the thing with the with the picks that's more alluring than necessarily going and using that that pick. Yep. I mean, if you do it, that's totally fine. But in terms of stockpiling those assets to then potentially trade on for somebody else, that's more of what I'm interested in. Yeah, that's fair enough. Good deal. A uh, big surprise for me, and I think you talked about this, Jake, when we were going through uh, most improved player of the year. You mentioned Darius Garland uh, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I'm actually going to put the Cleveland Cavaliers backcourt in in, tor- in terms of NBA surprises. In term- I'm going to shout out Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. Both have been shooting the freaking lights out of the ball to start the season. And the Cavaliers, I mean, we talk about a – exciting and I say exciting very very loosely with the Knicks because you know you're not really basing it off anything but when I look at this Cavs team I say to myself wow wow these guys can ball and it all starts with with Darius Garland and and Colin Sexton they're three-point shooting up until uh, Tuesday night when they played the Knicks they they just been shooting the lights out from three Um, they their passing has been very very good and they look like they are coming of age very very quickly for a very young Cavs team now do I expect them to be you know pushing to be one of the top 10 teams in the east probably not I would expect them they are probably going to be trying to trade Andre Drummond at the deadline to get some more assets and continue building what they're building in Cleveland but I think overall what I've seen from that backcourt so far is Darius Garland looks like a very good pick Jake for to be uh, the most improved player and Colin Sexton looks like he's really continuing his development as a very, very, very good shooting guard uh, in in this league. So I'm very surprised with how Cleveland has looked, and it's very, it's been very, very good. Yeah, and they also have Kevin Love, who they could trade for more assets. So right, it, it we haven't even seen Kevin Love step on the court yet with Andre Drummond. Um, my whole thing with the Cavs is it's about freaking time. I mean, how many? High draft picks can you have and suck forever? Yeah, that's that's also a very fair point. Outside of the Sacramento Kings, I feel like every team at some point has kind of turned it around. That's been picking in the top half of the lottery for our entire lives. Eventually, yes. so um, it's it's about time uh, that the Cavaliers show something that isn't a LeBron James. Yeah, uh, for competitive basketball for their fans. And yeah. uh, Darius Garland, I said it. Um, I've always been a fan of his. Mm-hmm. I thought there was an argument to be made at the time that the Knicks could have drafted him and I wouldn't have faulted him instead of R.J. Barrett. My friends that are Knicks fans told me, no. I don't know. Darius Garland's off to a nice start. Look, I, would, I wouldn't I would have. A guard. I wouldn't have guard. said you're crazy, 
but I don't know if if I would have loved it. How about now? At the time. At the time. Now you're talking about a guy that can shoot the daylights out of the ball versus a guy that is struggling to find his shot, but looks better on the wing. In the, offense, the offense does need to, to flow a little bit more through R.J. Barrett and less through Alfred Payton at times. You're, listen, you're, you're preaching the choir, but with the Cavs, I mean, full credit to J.B. Bickerstaff, the uh, new coach for the Cavs. He's really made a lot of things work. And I think it was also a very smart move by the Cavs. And maybe do I dare even give credit to Dan Gilbert for anything, but hiring a guy from within, hiring a guy that was the assistant coach for this team, knows all the young players, knows all the veteran players as well. Is a guy that is clearly very well respected as well. And the Cavs are playing some really, really good ball. And like I said, I don't think they'll be going to the playoffs, but can they be respectful and show something on the court that shows that the Cavs maybe can be a proper product without LeBron James? Yes, I definitely, definitely think so. Uh, Jake, you want to give one more surprise, and I'll give one more surprise, and we'll go into the disappointments. Then it'll ruin some people's days. <laughs> um, another surprise. It's a little bit of a disappointment, but at the same time, a surprise because I didn't think they would be this bad. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's got to go with the Washington Wizards. I'm really surprised with their lack of wins, if that makes sense. It's not really a dis- – I guess it's a disappointment at the same time, but I generally thought that they would look a whole lot better than what they've shown so far. They look absolutely horrible. It just looks like a Russell Westbrook stat-chasing ch- uh, stat night, and Bradley Beal just doesn't look like the Bradley Beal that we've all known to love. So – the Washington Wizards, I expected a lot more from at the start of this season. Ah, Jake, you son of a bitch! You t- you took one of my disappointments. It's that a disappointment, was... and and also I'm I mean on a little bit smaller of a note um, as a surprise is James Harden out of shape and oh. not even he's still James Harden. I, yeah. I guess that's a pleasant surprise, but I had to get the Washington Wizards out there because I have a couple of disappointments. But oh, I was I was gonna say the Wizards for my disappointments, and yeah. I mean, they got shellacked. They were one of my bets that I that, that I've lost on. They got shellacked by the Bulls. By the I mean, Bulls. That, that, that's all we need. The Bulls. It's bad when you have the Chicago Bulls coming out and saying to the fans publicly, "Yeah, this is not going to be very good. We have a long term plan, but there's going to be a lot of losing involved." And the Wizards still lose to that at home on home court with the two best players. On both those teams, the Wizards have in their backcourt, maybe even three, if you want to put Davis Bartens in there over someone uh, like Zach Levine like no, 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 or no. Laurie Markkinen. Maybe. I don't know. But no, no, no. in any event, you have Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal on your team, and you're 0-5? Yeah, no. Oh, my God. It's, that Wizards team is a freaking mess a freaking mess yeah and, and then there's james harden like i said but i had to get the wizards out, out off my chest it was eating at me that's fair that's fair i actually have one that is actually a player that has been a very very pleasant surprise and it was it's been someone that i've had a hot and cold relationship with over the years but in a contract year man oh man is he balling out and that's demar Derozan for the San Antonio Spurs. 21 points a game so far. 
I didn't expect this. Uh, I, I kind of did, yeah. I did not expect DeMar DeRozan to completely ball out like he's been. I mean, just listen to the points numbers that he's had just in the first two games alone, 28-27 in 35-plus minutes. That's terrific from him. And so far, Wednesday night's contest against the Lakers, he's got 15, and he's on pace for a triple-double. Yeah. That is terrific. And another player that's kind of surprised me a little bit, thought of as a little bit of a draft disappointment, that's Mikhail Bridges from, yeah, from the Phoenix. Phoenix Suns. Yeah. The Phoenix Suns are playing some basketball, man. They're they're not a joke. No. They have some good, good players, and we talked about them last show. Bridges looks like a player. Chris, I, we knew Chris Paul would change life for that team, and – you're starting to see guys like DeAndre Ayton, Mikhail Bridges, DeAndre, Devin Booker, uh, maybe. Devontae, yeah, Devin Booker. I was about to say Devontae Booker. That's Devontae. how you know I'm I'm, st- I'm still on the uh, the fantasy show. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Devin Booker taking his game to another level, it's looking like. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are definitely a surprise. And, and Mikhail Bridges, too, who I thought was a draft bust. Um, Going to have another little nugget. Um, Mikhail Bridges, maybe in a little bit when we get to disappointments, but oh boy, um, yeah, definitely them as well. Well, you want to get to disappointments? Here we are. Go for it. Let them let well, it loose. A, a big disappointment I have is I'm very disappointed in Kelly Oubre Jr., who I thought had a real promising year last year and just forgot how to play basketball when going to the Golden State Warriors, and I didn't expect that. I thought. That was a great trade for the Warriors at the time. I thought he was going to fit in great. I thought he was exactly what it, what they needed, and he just looks lost. And maybe I was wrong about him. Maybe he's just a really good player on a real shit team. There's some guys that are like that. They go to a team with some expectations, and they're not given the green light at all times or as much as they were with their bad team, and they just psychologically check out and aren't the same player and Maybe that's Kelly Oubre Jr. It might be. It really might be. I mean, listen, I wasn't necessarily a big fan of Kelly Oubre just to start. I like them. Um, I know a lot of people. A lot of people do. A lot of so, people do. Yeah, a nugget on Kelly Oubre Jr. I did a trade in my dynasty fantasy basketball league this week where I traded um, Kelly Oubre Jr. and Jared Colbert for. Mikael Bridges and Joe Harris. Mm. I needed three point shooting very badly on this team too. That's all right. It's a categories league. Um, oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. Then, then it makes it look even better. Yeah. It's a categories league. My, I was shooting like by far, like really bad. Like your three point awful. shooting was terrible and you needed a three point shooter. I needed a three point shooter. So I got him and Seth Curry now to kind of help me out there. And I like Mikael Bridges moving forward more than Kelly Oubre Jr. Yeah, and I guess I can tie in one of my disappointments here to this discussion. It's just the Golden State Warriors in general. Uh, they look pathetic. They just look like a team. I think the Clay Thompson injury before the season kind of deflated that team. I think that's so. A tough, that's a tough injury to come back from. I mean, you have all these expectations all offseason. We're going to get Clay back. We're going to get Steph back. Everybody is counting us out. We still have Draymond here. Yeah, he's a little nicked up now. He's going to be back, though. And then just to have Clay Thompson suffer another. It's not even like 
you know, it's an ankle injury or a, a, a soft tissue injury, like a ham, uh, a hamstring, but yeah, you never know if Clay Thompson could even be the same. And I think that might've ended the Warriors dynasty. It, it's really, I said this before the season started and after the first game against the Nets, you really wonder if Steph Curry is going to retire as a member of the Golden State Warriors. I think that's a very accurate question to ask yourself. If the Warriors just decide it's it's time to start over. We had a great run and we need to build it up again. And listen, you can get a ton of assets for Steph Curry. You can get a ton of assets for Steph Curry. I don't know what you would maybe get in a hypothetical Clay Thompson trade. Probably not much right now. So you probably need to rebuild his value. And Draymond, nothing. Next to nothing. Next yeah. to nothing. So if you just if you do decide to rebuild, I mean, let's just say you're able to recoup out of those three guys. You're able to recoup, and this is this this is like miracle sort of level. If you're able to get, let's just say, four first round picks for the three of them, let's just say, you know, it's a good it's a good place to start. So if you're if you're the New York, so let's say the Warriors call the Knicks. Okay. And it's RJ Barrett. All right. Obi Toppin. Yep. Two first round picks. Okay. For Steph Curry. What's your answer? Million years, yes. Yep. Yep. Done. Done. Three first round picks. Unprotected. No. Mm. Yeah. No protections on the picks. Knicks cannot mm. protect any of those first round picks. We'll go with two. Two unprotected first round picks. The third un- one really two the third unprotected one really makes first, that I big of a difference. It. Two unprotected first, I would do it. I would do it convincingly. Three, I think I still would, but it's not as convincing. I yeah. think I still would, though. I still I still can't believe, man. One pick away. Ugh. Don't get me started. Don't get me, don't <laughs> get me started. Um, all right, so a, disapp- a disappointment that I have, and I think this is going to be a bit – this is a bit harsh of me, but I'm going to go with the New Orleans Pelicans if I do say so myself. And Ooh. I think it's more off of the fact that the Pelicans' losses have been bad losses, getting blown out by the Suns and then Getting kind of, I I won't say blown out because it was one eleven and ninety eight, but getting outplayed for the most part for three quarters or so by the Miami Heat. Those are two good teams. I I understand that it was a tough start for the Pelicans in general. When you look at the Raptors, the Heat, the Spurs, the Suns, it's a tough little start for them. But I think we're really gonna see what this Pelicans team is all about. Is are they able to handle a team that is clearly rebuilding in the Oklahoma City Thunder on Thursday night? If they are able to take care of business there, then I think we'll be able to say, all right, we kind of know what the Pelicans are. And that's, you know, a borderline playoff team, what we've been saying all along. And, you know, for the most part, their schedule's not too terrible. But, I mean, just listen to this stretch that is happening within the next month. So they have, of course, they have the Thunder, which isn't too bad. Then the, I guess you could put this as a disappointment as well, the Toronto Raptors. Then they have the Pacers, tough game, Thunder, Hornets. And then listen to this stretch 
that they have. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's laughable how tough this stretch is. At Dallas, at the Clippers, at the Lakers, at Sacramento, at Utah, at Utah, at Minnesota, and then at home versus the Spurs. Yeah, it's a nightmare. That is diabolical. Yeah, I... So you could be talking about the, the New Orleans Pelicans finishing the month of January with a losing record. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I mean, that, that's those, not crazy at all to think about. Out of those teams that I just read, Mavs, Clippers, Lakers, Kings, Jazz, Jazz, Timberwolves, Spurs, where are they getting a win? Yeah, I mean, Minnesota? you could argue maybe the back end of that run, honestly, I, I could think. Maybe they, they take one off of the Jazz? Yeah. The San Antonio, they'll probably beat. Probably. Maybe. But- are they, beating the, are they beating the Mavs in Dallas? Probably not. Are they beating the Clippers in L.A.? Depends what kind of effort the Clippers show. True, and who shows up? And who shows up for the Clippers? Yeah, l- l- physically and metaphorically. Yeah. Are they beating the Lakers? No. No. Are they beating the Kings in Sacramento? They could. They could. All right. They could. So we're talking about odds are three teams, maybe four. Yeah, we'll say four teams right there. They're not going to beat. The Jazz, will pro- they'll probably split that one. The Mavs, the Clippers, and the Lakers. But I, I got to say the Pelicans so far have been a little bit disappointing. But it's, it, it's early. Yeah. It is early for them. They've had a tough start. It's not going to get any better for them. But I still think the Pelicans are fine. So I'm yeah. not really, you know, I'm not slamming the panic button on, uh, on the Pelicans uh, just yet. Uh, Jake, one more disappointment from you, sir. A player I'm going to go with this time. And uh, this guy completely took the league by storm in the bubble, and he just hasn't been the same since, and that's Tyler Hero. I'm so happy you brought him up. I'm so happy you did. Oh, yeah? (gasps) Why might that be? I think he is the most overrated player that I can remember. For what? Nah, he, he's, I mean, listen, he's only 20 years old. You really don't know exactly what he is, but he just doesn't look at all like the player. He was the heat second best player last year when they went to the NBA finals. Uh, yeah. And now he's just, he looks like a rotational piece. I I don't know where that came from. That's being polite for sure. A disappointment. He's just not shooting it well at all. He looks like a rookie again, and I had higher hopes for him. I liked him a lot. I liked watching him in the bubble and in the playoffs. I don't know. He he's, he hopefully figures it out soon. He's he's an entertaining player when he is when he's right, and he could make it rain. He can shoot it from anywhere when he's going. He he just looks. He might just be one of those streaky players for his entire career, and that's unfortunate because I thought maybe he could be more. Yeah, and I was about to come on and bash him as well, but I'm just looking at his line to see what he's done tonight. Kid's got a double double. Oh, perfect timing. He's perfect got timing. Tw- he's got 21 points, 15 boards, boards, not assists. I was offered. Yeah, I got. I was offered him for Darius Baisley in my dynasty league. I like Darius Baisley. I like Darius Baisley too, but I don't know if I would do that. As in, you wouldn't take Hero for Baisley? I wouldn't take Hero for Baisley, no. Ba- Darius Baisley's, uh, he does it all, man. A little no, he's, fantasy he's, sleeper a, in basketball. he's a good He's a good player. I mean, no no doubt. 
he's going to get his opportunity in Oklahoma City too on a rebuilding yep. yes, team. Yes, he is. That's the point. That is definitely the point. Is yeah. he's going to get a massive, massive, massive opportunity? Um, all right. So one more, one more disappointment from me. Um, and I think this one is not really much of a surprise, but I'm going to go and say Anthony Edwards, the number one pick. He has just looked very out of his element. Yeah, the way the comments he makes are just so. Like, what is he talking about there? They're said, ungodly stupid. Oh, God. I really didn't think he was the pick at number one overall. Neither did I. Um, I like I liked Weissman the best in that entire draft. I would Me have too. taken him and ran. Mm-hmm. But um, he just looks very childish, almost Dwayne Haskins-esque for the Washington oh, football team. Oh, God, that's uh, insulting. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I guess it's close to, in a sense. Yeah. But that, that backcourt is crowded. He might go down as like a, dare I say, Anthony Bennett. Oh, like first round pick. Lord. I don't know. I don't want to put this on cold takes, cold takes exposed oh, or anything, but no. he's, he's looked really bad. Oh, you called him Anthony Bennett. No, I didn't call him Anthony Bennett. I said he might go down as an Anthony Bennett type first round pick because he's looked bad so far. Like, what am I supposed to say? Oh, he's looked great. He's going to look like. One of the best first first overall picks ever? No, I got to call it how it is. Listen, he's looked he's looked terrible. He's looked terrible. He's gotten I mean, listen, he's he's played on average about 23 and a half minutes a game. And he's looked he's looked terrible. He has looked terrible. Yeah. And again, we talked about this. We both don't feel like he was the first overall pick. The Timberwolves did. They took him, and I think you can say whether it's he's still adjusting to the game or he's still adjusting to uh, his new surroundings, new teammates, whatever. I just think it really comes down to that they already have a guy in that backcourt by the name of D'Angelo Russell. I don't want is <laughs> the guy who is the guy. Why would you bring in something to compete with that when you could have had something? To help that, you you could have had possibly, possibly the best front court in the NBA in terms of potential in the next two three years time with Wiseman and Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, I, I don't know why they. Maybe they just had that much of a higher grade on Edwards. Uh, I don't my, know. My only I, guess is I that. Think, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think maybe they tried to explore a trade back and. They didn't get the offer they wanted, and then they panicked. That that might go into it, too, because otherwise I didn't really see the sense of them. No, I mean, the only other thing that maybe I can think of is that they just didn't feel comfortable with Carl Anthony Towns being a four or maybe James Wiseman being a four. That's the only possible thing that I could have thought of. That's such a silly reason, man. It, it's it's so stupid. It is so ungodly stupid because you could you could have very easily played Wiseman as a four if you really wanted to, and then keep Cat as the five. Boom, done. And then Cat gets unhappy. He asks out one day. Boom, you have James Wiseman. Right. You have James Wiseman there, and you can take Cat and you can trade him for assets to build on the wings, or you trade him for a four and you trade first round picks, and bam. You're done. You're covered. You don't need to get a five because you have a long-term five with James Wiseman. All right, so let's talk about the college football playoff. And I think the way that I want to do this is just kind of go through both of these games 
and talk about the meaningful things. But I think first, before we do that, Jake, who's winning the Heisman? Wow. Really put me on the spot there. I'm putting you on the spot. Yes. I, I got to go with Mac Jones. Mm, okay. I got to go with my guy, Mac Jones. Okay. Roll Tide. Um, the number, just look at the numbers. I, do I really need to? I think my guy, Devonta Smith, has a little bit of a case, but I don't want to get too bold on here for everybody. I'm going to go with the boring, lame Mac Jones is going to win the Heisman, and I think he would have my vote if I was casting a ballot. Ah, uh, Jake, 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 Jake. You're, that was a very boring take. That was very, 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 very boring. I mean, it's my honest opinion. Sorry if it's boring, no, but, it's, you it's, know, do you listen. want my bold prediction or my honest opinion? Uh, I'll give you my honest opinion. I think Devontae Smith wins the Heisman. That is my honest-to-God prediction. I've been saying this now for the better part of the last two weeks. I don't, I don't think he's going to win. I, 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 lo- I love Devontae Smith, but I don't think he's going to – I think Mac Jones is going to win because I think it's more of a quarterback award. It definitely is more of a quarterback award. It's very hard award. for a receiver to win the Heisman. Totally get it. I understand. But you have a guy that was near 100 receptions, over 1,500 yards receiving in the SEC. No slouch. It's not like he's playing in the Big 12 or he's playing in the ACC like some small schools who happen to now be in the college football playoff. He's playing in the SEC the big boy of all big boy conferences. He's playing against men. Yeah, but then you look at the guy who's throwing him passes and look at his numbers and you go, wow, that's the Heisman. That's that's my point, why I think that hurts Devonta Smith. Fair, understood. But you award the Heisman to someone who demonstrates that he is head and shoulders above everybody else. Devonta Smith is that. Yeah, but when Jalen Waddle played, they were kind of identical. It was you couldn't really tell who the best. Jalen Waddle, you look at the NFL draft projections at the time, I don't know about now. Waddle was the number 1 receiver on Alabama on scouts big boards. And that's crazy. So I I think just Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is going to win. I would maybe I would vote for Devonta Smith, but I think those are the two obvious candidates. I think everybody else should just stay home. I don't know what seriously, like Trevor Lawrence, as much as I think he's going to be great in the pros, um, he doesn't really have much of a case to win the Heisman. He just had, I mean, he had a very, he didn't have like a bad season, but I mean, he's a Heisman candidate, but the guy missed a month. The guy missed exactly like how the guy is he going to win? Month. He's clearly there because he's Trevor Lawrence, and they want him there. Yes. Kyle Trask, like, uh, uh Kyle Trask lost the Heisman tonight. Yeah, Kyle Trask. I, I can't get on him too much because you had guys like Pitts, and then you had Tony. Fair. Um, Very fair. Who's uh, where's his where's his guys? You know, Not he was there. throwing to guys that probably won't even be on the Florida Gators next year. True. True. But I don't think he was the Heisman before that. So no, ne- neither neither did I. Um, and I, I think it really just comes down to the only real opposition to him is Mac Jones. 
And I think I would take it to the bank that there is an Alabama player that's going to win the Heisman. Uh, You shouldn't give it to Kyle Trask because I'm not saying Kyle Trask had a terrible year by any means. Um, But I just think he is not, he doesn't match up to Mac Jones or Devonta Smith. And as for Trevor Lawrence, you do not give him the Heisman just because a coach says that it would be a shame if the Heisman trophy is not associated with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Don't give don't give a whining crybaby what he wants. Some would even say petulant child. It wouldn't be college football if you didn't have Dabo Sweeney complaining about something at this time of year. Amen. Or or Urban Meyer, but he's no longer here to do that. So yeah, it's he does. Be Dabo he, does Sweeney. he gets paid to do it on TV, so I th- I think it's more acceptable. He's he at least gets to blend in when he complains about something because odds are one of Brady Quinn or Matt Leiner are complaining on something about something on uh, Fox College Saturday. Yeah, that, so that, he at least yeah, blends in. But when it's when it's Dabo, it it it, it it's it's heard from the freaking moon, and I I. I <laughs> <laughs> Save it, save it, save it. We'll get there. We'll get there. I could do it. I could do it. I have so much to say about Dabo, and I'm doing it right now because we have to talk about Alabama Notre Dame. Ah, <sighs> okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'll make it. Okay. Rose Bowl time. Number one, Alabama. Number four, Notre Dame. Jake, who wins and why? Yeah, I mean, is this really a question? Obviously, <laughs> Alabama. I think really. I mean, did you did you see Clemson play Notre Dame last week? Or the week before that, whenever it was. Come on, man. You're going to tell me they're going to beat the Tide? I think the question that I probably should have asked, and I apologize for not, an- not asking this question properly, is give me a reason how Notre Dame could beat Alabama. <laughs> they're not going to. Uh, a lot of prayer never hurt. They Listen, they have a church in the middle of their campus. Yeah, I don't know. They best get to it Pronto. every day. Pronto. Uh, because I generally think if Alabama played their second string players, it's a good chance Alabama's backups are better than I would say half of the Notre Dame starters. Is that too disrespectful to Notre no. Dame? Because I think there's guys that don't even dress for Alabama that could be starting for many college football programs in America. Like You're that, not that's kidding. the biggest that's the biggest problem with college football is the number of scholarships I think need to be reduced in a big way. So Alabama doesn't need to have an elite fourth corner, you know, maybe that fourth corner on Alabama can go to a school like, let's say Kentucky, Kentucky or uh, Missouri, Tennessee. It, exactly. Not be the fourth string guy on Alabama. Right. You know, no, I listen. I agree with you, hundred percent. Or have that fourth corner come in and redshirt because there's a promise that the number one guy in front of him is probably going to be declaring for the draft. Probably or the number two guy <laughs> or the number three guy will be declaring for the draft. And bam, that five star that just recruited that just redshirted now has all that eligibility left to go. Yeah, so he's just, wasted none of his time. Just think, Devonta Smith and Jalen and Jalen Waddle are going to be first round picks this year. Mm-hmm. And they weren't even on the outside of each other last year. It was Jerry Judy, and Henry Ruggs who were yep. in the first round this year in the NFL draft. That's four receivers in two years for Dude. the Alabama Crimson Tide. 
Dude, I have said this ever since I was wrong about Calvin Ridley. When I had to really reevaluate and say, how the hell did I get this wrong with Calvin Ridley? These Alabama receivers come out of Nick Saban's womb ready to go. Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I had high hopes for Judy. He hasn't really panned out the way I thought. I never liked the fit. And Look at the Denver, situation, though. I know, but Ruggs also. I, I didn't love Ruggs coming out of the draft. I loved Judy, though. I, be- I begged for Judy as a Jets fan. I was pretty pissed off when they didn't take him. Judy will be, Judy will really... be fine. Judy will be fine. I am concerned about Ruggs because he's dropping the ball, though, Judy. That was never his issue at Alabama. No, no. But Ruggs, I am concerned about just because Ruggs, I think, more is is more of like a one trick pony. I get the John Ross vibes from Ruggs at times. Yes, I was about to say that, that he reminds me so much of a John Ross. One trick pony, vertical, bam, gone. Hopefully, Carr finds him touchdown. You know, that that is exactly, Jake. It's 100% right. Whereas, Judy, we know who Judy is. Judy is an elite route runner, has fantastic hands. The problem is, it's not him. It's the guy who's throwing in the ball. Drew Locke is awful. Yeah, he's not great. Um, he's just before terrible. We, just before we get back to um, Notre Dame, Alabama, because... I'm sorry. There's not much to discuss here. It's going to be a romp, all right? Alabama is going to win this game. Um, I hate to spoil one of my basement bets, but Alabama minus 19 and a half is uh, one of my basement bets. It's going to be, uh, I would say, about – I know Nick Saban. He wants to run it up at this time of the year. It's going to be about – I'm going to go 53 to 17, 24 mm. in that range. It, it's going to be a romp, folks, all right? Mm. Uh, just before we go back to the overall uh, discussion here that we're having about the college football playoffs, is Devonta Smith your number one receiver this year in the yes. NFL draft, or is it Jamar Chase? Devonta Smith. I think as much as I love my Tide and Devonta Smith, J- Jamar Chase. I, I don't know if you forgot, but uh, no, no, I, I, I listen. I don't forget. I think Jamar Chase is better than Devonta Smith, but when I see Jamar Chase, I think of Julio Jones. My Real question, though, is this. Do we think that Chase sitting out is going to hurt him with his stock at all? It might hurt his stock in in terms of him not being the number one receiver drafted, but he should not be falling out of the top 15 of drafts. No, no. Like, Like I've been seeing him going like as late as like, I think it was like 15 or 16 or something. That's that, No, that's ridiculous. No, that's, that's ridiculous. I've seen him going as high as number two uh, to my New York football jets. I don't that's think ridiculous. I would agree with that, but um, if the jets were to decide to trade back, maybe that would be an option for them. But I think he should be a top seven pick. At least fair. he's still my number one receiver as much as I love Smith. Um, no, it's fair. I, I think I, I think when I see Devonta Smith, I think of Devonte Adams, and when I see Jamar Chase, I think of Julio Jones. Listen, either way, it's not a terrible comparison by any stretch no, of the imagination. Not at all. I think that's a pretty good praise. So if you need a receiver, this is a pretty good year to get one. I would yeah, say this is a very very good year to uh, to definitely get a receiver. 
Um, yeah, Jake, you, you took one of my basement bets as well. Alabama minus 19 and a half. It's a romp, man. It's going to be a romp. It, it, it is going to be a flat out demolition. And I think the question really is not if Alabama is going to win, just by how much is Alabama going to win by? Because no, no, Notre Dame are they? They can't hold a candle. No. To Alabama, let they're playing. They're playing the number two team. They got freaking smoked. What are they going to do when they're playing number one? And I think Notre Dame just has nightmares about Alabama historically. Oh yes, they do. And so. you're, I, you're not telling you're not going to tell me that Ian Book is all of a no. sudden going to be oh. the guy that finds God and decides to uh, exercise those demons of Alabama yesteryear that affect Notre Dame. It's not going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Alabama are going to stomp, stomp on Notre Dame. I, I would, I would even say that. I would say guaranteed. Guaranteed, if you want to potentially do this, and I guess this is like a, a an extension of basin bets right now, if you want to adjust the line to potentially get better odds, if you can get something where you can get minus 20 and a half or something like that, or even if you could go and do it by 28, I think you can do it. I think so. It's <laughs> if, you want, if, if you want, if you want to, if you want to make it where you lower the, you you raise the number on that spread to get better odds. I think I would do it. I mean, if you can get, because I would say minus nineteen and a half is probably what minus one ten. Yeah, odds I, are so you could probably get it to twenty one, say three touchdowns, and you get it at plus money. If you can adjust that line, uh, definitely an option. I think I would definitely look to explore that option, but then again, I'm ice cold, so probably don't listen to me on that one. Oh God! <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to the one now that's going to be more competitive and more compelling. Um, that team in the ACC, whose name I will not mention, and the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm gonna go. Hmm. I think Clemson wins, but I okay. think it's close. I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Uh, we might have to shorten basement bets up a little bit because I'm giving a, I'm giving two of them away already. I think Cle- I think Ohio State covers seven and a half. I think they lose. I think this is a one possession game. I think Ohio State loses by three or four, and I think it's going to come down to the wire. And I just think in the end, Clemson has more talent. I think Ohio State is going to play very hard and inspired football. They heard Dabo Sweeney say all week that they should be the 11th ranked team in the country, and they bulletin don't board belong. material, dude. Bulletin board material, if I've ever seen it. So there's that. I think Justin Fields knows the world is going to be draft, uh, watching him this week, mm-hmm. and he didn't look good at all against Northwestern and really underperformed against Indiana, the two best teams he's faced all year. So the critics are out there saying that some guy from – BYU is better than the number because you got to remember at a high school Justin Fields was the number one quarterback recruit over, over Trevor Lawrence he was the guy at a high school so I think he's going to have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder I think Ohio State will play with the chip on their shoulder but in the end I think the better team wins and quite frankly the better quarterback wins 
and Trevor Lawrence. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I honestly, I, I hope as a uh, New York Jets fan, Justin Fields plays the game of his life and Trevor Lawrence looks horrible. Maybe the Jaguars can change their minds at number one. Who knows? But I highly doubt it. I, I highly listen, doubt it. I have, this we- I have a very weird theory out there about that whole thing. I have a very big pipe dream that Urban Meyer becomes the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars and says, <laughs> I'm going to go off of Ryan Day's recommendation and we're going to go with Justin Fields or we're going to trade to the number two overall pick and draft Justin Fields. But it's not happening, but I, you could dream. I have to. You have to believe in something in this lifetime. Am I wrong? I... You have to believe in something until the belief is totally gone. When the Jaguars come up and Goodell reads the cue card. Um, I'm going with Clemson. To cover the spread? I'm going with Clemson to win. I'm going with Ohio State to cover. Um, reverse jinx. O-H-I-O. But... I think it's going to come down to the last drive again. And I think this time the roles are reversed where Ohio state is up. Clemson has the last licks and Trevor Lawrence marches down the field. Cause this, this Ohio state defense is bad, is bad, bad, bad. And I think, you know, if there's one thing that Ohio state does do very well, it is they do defend the run pretty well. Uh, their secondary though is it's been a mess all year. They've allowed, Big play after big play, and that's really what's killed them uh, the majority of the year. And I think there's one offense in college football besides Alabama that is as big play as big play gets. It is Clemson, and it is with Trevor Lawrence. So uh, that's something that I think Ohio State has to be very, very much aware of is defending the deep ball and trying their hardest to not allow a big play to potentially you know kill this game. Uh, I think the key, though, for Ohio State for me is running the football. They have got to run the ball, especially if Justin Fields is not 100% with that thumb injury. We all saw what Trey Sermon did, 310-plus rushing yards in the Big Ten championship game. That's going to be the key. Master Teague, Trey Sermon, running the football, keeping Clemson's defense on the field, and draining the clock as much as they possibly can. That is how Ohio State wins this football game if they are going to. It is by not having Trevor Lawrence beat them, having somebody else do it. Well, that other somebody else will be the all-time ACC rushing leader, Travis Etienne. That's well, a- if, they're, if they're not on the field, they can't do that. Exactly. Um, I'm glad you brought up the Ohio State defense because I don't know what – Sean Wade was thinking this year coming back to Ohio State. I think if he would have opted out of the season, I think he's a top five to ten pick, which was I agree. where he was uh, projected to go last year. Yep. Um, before the season started, and now he might not even go in the first round. No. So uh, he might. He might still go in the first round. You still have the combine. You still have pro. pro I I don't know about he pro could, days this he year. He could test. He could test really well. And yeah, he had a great year say, last year, but this year he just yeah. hasn't been the same player for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Nope. And the Ohio State, you when, whenever you talk about an Ohio State team, you always talk about an Ohio State linebacker that is the anchor. They don't have that this year. No. And they just look like that typical, we'll try to win in a shootout type. We're going to play. We're going to have this vertical passing game, big plays, uh, quick offense, quick pace. They don't look like the Ohio State of old. And we haven't really seen enough games 
from this team to really understand the flaws of this defense, we need to remember Indiana moved the football at them with ease. Yeah. Until the last, until the last possession of the game, it felt like, yeah. and e- even Northwestern, they might not have punched them in for points, so to say, but I thought the Northwestern offense moved the ball their fair share. They did the big 10 championship game. So for sure. Um, yeah. Indiana and Northwestern are not Clemson. And I think Justin Fields will probably play a pretty good game. Um, but in the end, that team will play inspired. And like we talked about, um, probably cover the spread because they have bulletin board material and Ohio state is just, they're not a joke of a team, but they're just simply not of the caliber of an Alabama or a Clemson. Those two teams are just completely different breeds. And any other year, we probably look at Ohio state as a, uh, a favorite to win the national championship. It's just that time in college football where there's really two definitive teams. I will say before we go on to base and bets and then uh, wrap the show up, it will help Justin Fields a lot, a lot, a lot that Chris Olave will be playing in this game. Oh, absolutely. One of my big, favorite receivers. Yeah, absolutely. Big time, big time. Because we saw Jake, what he looked like against Northwestern without Chris Olave. He, he did not look comfortable at all. So I think when you have your number one receiver back, healthy, ready to go, that is huge for Justin Fields to potentially, you know, there's an outlet there, a safety blanket there for Justin Fields when he's forced to throw the football, which is probably going to happen a good amount it's, in, in this game. It's almost like quarter, young quarterbacks need – weapons to succeed in the nfl who would have thought who would have thought who uh, would have thunk it yeah no, must be nice all righty sir you want to go into basement bets yeah i only have two more left though believe well, it or go not. ahead well, go ahead you. give give your two more and then uh i'll run i'll run uh through uh i'll run through mine so uh, go for it okay well this one's an easy one for me um i'm gonna go with the saints minus six and a half at the carolina panthers great uh, one. for the bottom line for the sole purpose of the saints are playing for everything. Um, I know Sean Payton does not want to go to Lambeau field to play in a playoff game in that freezing cold. We saw the Tennessee Titans level of interest of playing that football game on Sunday night. As soon as they saw the snow on the ground, they wanted to get on the plane. They said, no, thank you. They said, no, thanks. And yeah, you're a team playing in a dome for half the season and you go to Tampa. It's nice weather. You go to Carolina. It's nice there. uh, You know, um, Atlanta plays in a dome. You're not really playing in that cold weather all year. And it might behoove the saints to go to a Carolina team that has nothing to play for. There's going to be no Christian McCaffrey. There's going to be no Mike Davis on Sunday, a team that wants to draft the quarterback in the next draft. I might add, and they're currently picking, I think it's ninth, probably going to miss out on Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. It might behoove the Carolina Panthers to lose this game on Sunday and it might be a little bit more for evaluation purposes and their loss is the saints gain. I think it's going to be a blowout and the saints are going to win and take care of business. So um, that's probably my favorite basement bet. Um, my second one, it's a little bit more for the purpose of this other team's history just bodes well with this one. I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers plus 10 over the Cleveland Browns. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Cleveland and I, I get it. Pittsburgh will be resting a good amount of their starters, but 
this is the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. I think they would love nothing more than to stick it to the Cleveland Browns and beat them and keep them out of the playoffs and make them a little bit of a mockery. And if you're the Cleveland Browns, you did all of that this season. You had such a great year only to lose to the Jets last week and then to the Steelers backups. That would be a very, very Browns thing to do. So I'm going to go with the potential narrative there for my other basement bet. I'm not sure if I love the Steelers one as much. I love the Saints one. The Saints one I love just because when I'm talking about the Steelers and they're playing their backups, I hear Mason Rudolph and I my wallet just starts to quiver. The way Baker Mayfield looked last week, I don't know. Uh, I grant fair. It. Yeah, but I know what everyone's going to say. Well, his receivers were gone. Yeah, he was Welcome. playing with practice squad receivers. Oh, oh well. That's that's other guys' reality for every game in their career, essentially. Fair. Fair. I'm not naming names here, but Oh, we know who you're talking about. Yeah. He might wear uh, number fourteen and play gr- in green on Sundays, at least yeah, for throw- now. Throwing to Chris Hogan as his number one receiver for the first <laughs> six games this year. And Chris Hogan, if you're asking, I don't think is employed by an NFL team. No, he is not. He is currently at home in Huntington, five minutes away from me with his wife, who is a doctor in Northport, and just living the dream. Did you know he played lacrosse at Penn State? I did. Along with everybody else in the world, but we are reminded of that whenever we hear the name Chris Hogan. Of course. Of course. We are are reminded of that 24-7. What were the odds that we were talking about Chris Hogan on this basement bet section? Uh, Plus 2,000. Maybe that would maybe that's a bet you would have won. Maybe that's a bet I actually would have won this week. Maybe, maybe because I would have brought him up intentionally. Winner, or the winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> Either or. Um. All right. So I have actually a, I have a good amount. I I have a good amount. Granted, you could take these for what they're going to be. Um. But I have. I was saving this. I was hoping it wouldn't be brought up at the time. It wasn't. Thank goodness. Um, I have over 65 and a half in the Notre Dame Alabama game. I think Alabama put up their fair share of points, but I also think that Notre Dame do enough where we're talking about, you know, they'll be covering that spread. No problem. I think all you're really looking for from Notre Dame is around somewhere in the range of 18 to 21 points, which I think is very, very doable for them. And then you're talking Alabama, just doing what Alabama does. And, you know, that could be that. And there's also the very real possibility that all Notre Dame need to do is put up 10. And then we could just see Alabama put up like 55, 56. And bam, then that, that'll cover as well. So uh, you're looking for points, 65 and a half. I think that's a, a very gettable line uh, if you're looking to hammer the over. For the other game, Ohio State and Clemson, I am actually going for the under in that game. I think it just goes to uh, the game script that I talked about before where I do believe that it's going to be a very run-heavy game and there'll be a lot of time that'll be taken off the clock in that manner. And I think that's where we see a lot of uh, the the points go, uh, where the clock is being drained, a lot of run, and there'll be no way in this instance a lot of six, seven, eight-minute drives could potentially see at 65-and-a-half, the under, the 66-and-a-half in the under, excuse me, um, just be – completely completely safe uh i think that's a really really good bet for uh for anybody um i'm looking at the nfl slate um 
For me, I think Dallas minus two and a half against the Giants is a fantastic uh, one. I would lean with the Giants there. You would. I think I would. Do you know who the Giants quarterback is? I know who the Dallas Cowboys quarterback is. Hey, listen, for what it's worth, I am the biggest Andy Dalton hater on planet Earth. But credit where credit is due, Andy Dalton has looked great the last three weeks. Yeah, I got news for you. The New York Giants are going to play a lot better defense than the Philadelphia Eagles played on Sunday. And this is the where have we seen this before? Cowboys division title on the line, week 17, divisional opponent at MetLife Stadium in particular. I would the Cowboys historically have pulled through in those type of games, or are we just I, I don't know. You tell me. Would you like to make a side wager? I don't want to make a side wager, but if I were to bet the game, I, I'm not betting the game. I think I'd bet with the Giants, the better coach team. Also, I might add, maybe That's Mike fair. McCarthy is going to go smash another watermelon before this game. I don't know. I hope so. I hope so, because it, it, it's worked already. You so really, wants, you really wants... you, let me ask you something. You really want to make the playoffs. Like you would prefer to make the playoffs than pick higher in the draft. We're here. Oh, we're here. On. Fuck it. Uh, dude, you 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 guys went from picking third overall to in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, third overall would have been a nice player. Uh, maybe maybe even a quarterback to replace uh, Dak Prescott. Stop it. Maybe en- I don't know. enough. I'm, I'm looking en- at a I'm looking at a guy from BYU that would certainly catch Jerry's eye. I think in the You're pre-draft sick. interviews. You're sick. That's disgusting. Or even, or even, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe a linebacker to help out that that defense that needs some help. I would say, no, no, I'm good. I'm good with with where we're gonna be. If we make the if we make the playoffs and we get absolutely cooked by Tom Brady, then superb. Mike Nolan gonna stop him, or is you know? Listen again, the defense last couple weeks, they've looked okay. Turnover machines all of a sudden. It didn't just, happen with 10 years of Jason Garrett. Yeah, I'm not used to the Cowboys' defense without Rod Marinelli. Rob Marinelli <laughs> Neither am I. When I see him with the Raiders, I go, wow, he just doesn't look right not wearing. <laughs> I agree. Cowboys should just bring him back next year. No, okay. no, just no. Him Keep him away. No, no, and no, Jason no, no, Garrett, no. And, and may I add, Jason Garrett gets his revenge on the Cowboys is a good narrative to put out there. You I don't have to put that into the stratosphere. I, I I did I not just do that? It's Fuck a possibility. No. Fuck this no. is a this is a typical Cowboys accident that could be waiting to happen on Sunday. But I'm sorry to cut you off. I just I had to knock you off your your little high horse. Unbelievable. Anyway, um, we move on into college hoops. I love 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 love, and this is for uh, New Year's Eve. Maryland plus one at home versus Michigan. Uh, the Terps are playing some very, very good ball. And Michigan, I just don't trust to do anything. So I- I'm going to lay the- that plus one with Maryland. They probably will be plus money for a money line as well um, when that when that line does come out. So I would assume, you know, Michigan money line will probably be around, you know, 130 with Michigan. I would say with Maryland it'll probably probably be somewhere in the range of plus 120 and somewhere in there so it's basically a pick them there uh I think though Maryland that would be the way that I would go home home court as well for for Maryland would be uh the way that I would go uh 
there. I would also say for uh, college hoops as well, uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota. I would actually go Wisconsin, um, excuse me, Minnesota plus seven and a half. I think I think that would be the way that I would go. Minnesota, of course, coming off of a massive upset over Iowa, the fraud Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, Mr. Luke Garza, fuck you. Um, and then we're going to go into the my favorite part of the week when I get to go talk about some soccer by myself. So, oh god, this is I, I love it. I love it. Um, this is an area I've avoided. Uh, but I really do think that I want to uh, go into this area just because I think there is uh, some money to be won here. Um, I actually like in the English championship, I do like Norwich City, who are minus 121 money line to completely uh, demolish Barnsley. So I think that is one where you can go and, and hammer that. I think the money line is, uh, is pretty safe there. Uh, if we're going down the table and we're looking at the Premier League games, uh, I actually like Everton as well. Uh, to defeat West Ham. Uh, very safe one, I think, as well. Manchester United versus Aston Villa. Uh, if you really want to uh, press your luck there, I would say Man United uh, plus 133. First half line looks pretty good there as well. And I would say, if you're looking for one that could be a bit interesting, one that could have some appeal, um, and you're looking for a little bit of a long shot, Leeds United plus 323. Against Tottenham, I think that is one that you could definitely cash on. Uh, so I would definitely go and uh, and look at that. And then January 3rd, so there's still plenty of time. Don't know if we'll be back with you before then. Man City versus Chelsea. I am hammering Man City plus 128 uh, to get the full-time result in that one as well. And if you're looking for a future uh, as well, Liverpool minus 156 versus Southampton looks pretty good as well. And if you're looking for one for the weekend, I would say that one that I could definitely be intrigued to go for, depending on what their line is going to be, is Bayern Munich first half money line versus Freiburg. So that is it for this episode of the Basement Talk podcast. Please go check out the rest of the Basement Talk Podcast family of podcasts, which include the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show, the Basement Talk Podcast Quizvitational, which will be coming back. So get ready for that. And Basement Talk Podcast Debate, which is going to be coming in the new year. I promise. I have slacked on that miserably. Uh, But we will have brand new debates coming soon. So definitely stay tuned for that, um, you know where to find us by now. Amazon, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're all there. Base and Talk Podcast. Search it up. Hit subscribe. Leave us a review. Tell us how much you love us or how much you love Jake and despise me, which is completely fine because that's probably the way that it is listening to this show. So that's it. That's all there is to it. We're done. Jake, I'm Bert. Kiss my ass 2020. I love 2021. Bye bye.